0: Hello and welcome back to the Not Read Honest podcast. My name is Nadia and today I'm gonna to be spilling some tea on all the ugly truths that people never tell you about Dubai. My experience in Dubai is quite extensive as I've worked and lived and traveled and holidayed in Dubai. So I am very familiar with Dubai as a city and the UAE as a country, the UAE being the United Arab Emirates. A few months ago, I wrote a blog post called Dubai Travel Tips, which was basically me just giving my tips on where to stay when you travel to Dubai and what to do, places to eat, giving some recommendations for my favourite restaurants and just things like that. And then I recently followed that up with another blog post called Dubai The Ugly Side. I had been wanting to write that blog post for quite some time, but because the topic is so complex. I was trying to find a better way to deliver it but ultimately it's ugly so there really isn't a way of delivering it in a prettier way than what it is. I won't repeat everything that I wrote in that blog post but I will essentially be finishing off that blog post here simply because I didn't want to make that blog post too long. And also some things are just better speaking it rather than writing it, which is very rare for me to say because I actually love to write. But yeah, this is definitely one of those rare occasions. So diving in headfirst. I feel like Dubai is one of the most amazing places in the world. I say this so many times over and over. I think Dubai is one of the most amazing places in the world. I mean, they've literally brought snow to the Middle East where it's like 40 degrees Celsius. So, you know, and as per my blog, there are so many things to do, so many things to see. However, like in many countries, most countries, all countries, women aren't safe. And I say this with my whole entire test. Women are not safe. And personally, I have never felt as unsafe in any country as I have in Dubai. Given how many countries I've actually travelled to, I'm sure it must sound really shocking for me to say that, but it's true. Dubai creates this sense of security that is very uncommon in most countries, right? So, you know, you can, you're quite confident that no one's going to jack your car or you're not going to get mugged in the street. Like those things really don't happen, if at all, they happen very infrequently. However, the way the country set up, and the way the laws are set up, it's very difficult for women to report any sort of sexual harassment, assault or abuse. So that sense of security is actually very false. And not everybody's going to feel this way, even women who have traveled to Dubai. But in my personal experience, I would say that if you haven't lived there, you may not necessarily have the same experiences. And also, if you're not a woman, you definitely won't be having those experiences. I know that reporting sex crimes in most countries, if not all countries, is difficult and complex. However, I think what makes Dubai worse is that Dubai comes across as the kind of place that is safe and that these things wouldn't and shouldn't happen, but they really do often. Dubai does a terrible job at protecting women from sex crimes, mostly because their laws do not protect women from sex crimes. If a woman is raped in Dubai and goes to a police station to report said rape, she is automatically confessing to having extramarital sex, which is a crime in Dubai. Now, contrary to popular belief, Dubai and the UAE do not support rape. So it's not a situation in which they're like, oh, you know, you're allowed to get raped, no big deal. That's not what it is. The problem is that the laws in Dubai mean that male and females who are not married and who are not related biologically should not be alone together, period. So anything that occurs once you are alone together, is now under scrutiny. Moving on from that, the things that are considered rape in countries like the UK or the US are not classed as rape in the UAE. Meaning, if you are with a guy and you've gone on a date and you guys are by yourselves and, you know, you make out, you're kissing or whatever, and then you say no to the actual sex, when this goes to court, it will not be classed as rape because it will be classed as consent to anything that has happened. And on top of that, you are with a male in a private space and therefore you've already broken the law, which is why so many people who report rape using their own country's rules and understanding of rape end up being jailed because you've just confessed to breaking the law. And in their eyes, committing adultery. Now, I am one of those people that believes that when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So therefore, I understand why they, as a country, are not bending their rules to suit foreigners, if that is how their country is run. So that's not my issue. My issue is there is so much room for men to take advantage of these laws which leads me to my first horror story in Dubai which actually involves me. So I was living in Dubai at the time and I had traveled out of Dubai and was just coming back into Dubai. So I'd landed at the airport and I'd gone to the designated taxi rank to get a taxi. Just as a side note I have always been very wary of taxis I just always thought it was weird that you were expected to get in a car with a complete stranger and expect to be safe. I just thought that was completely absurd. And as such, I'd always had a habit of when I do get in a taxi, I will be with other people or I would stay on the phone with someone the whole way through the journey. And I still do that till now, actually. Like I don't trust taxis like that. So on this particular day... I had to take a taxi because again I was coming from the airport, I had bags and stuff and then also um, I had landed quite early in the morning, I think it was like maybe two or three in the morning so I didn't have the luxury of you know getting my friends to meet me or being on the phone to someone while I made my way home. So I get in a taxi as per usual, as I said I'd done this a few times before and was on the way to my apartment. If you've been to Dubai or heard of Dubai, you would know that Dubai is basically a beautiful city built in the middle of a desert. So a lot of the major roads go through desert and the road to my apartment was no different. So we're driving along and then out of nowhere, this taxi driver decides to stop in the middle of the motorway. And I didn't understand why. So at first I was like, okay, maybe his tire, Something's wrong with it, maybe he's run out of fuel, something crazy. But it is literally 2-3am in the morning, it's dark outside, desert on both sides. I'm in this car with this strange guy and I'm not sure what's going on. So, I ask him, you know, is everything okay? Why have you stopped? And he says, come and sit in the front. And that's when my spidey senses started tingling. And I realised I was actually in danger. In that second, I realised that the place in which he had stopped was actually intentional because throughout this stretch of road, there was only this particular area that didn't have reception. So he had stopped at a point where he knew my phone wouldn't work. I was terrified. And if you know me, you know that I do not scare easily. But let me tell you, I was in the middle of a country that doesn't do much about sexual assault in general. And I'm of the wrong hue to get the kind of support that I would need anyway. So being with a strange man in the middle of the desert, knowing that, you know, they would have argued I should have gotten in the female taxi or I shouldn't have X, Y and Z instead of actually supporting me was all going through my head at this time. Every story I'd heard of being, you know, killed and buried in a desert, which does happen, by the way. But, you know, women being killed and buried in a desert, they're all flashing through my mind. And I just realized that this guy could really just kill me and I probably would never be found because nobody would really be looking. I mean, my family would look, but I can assure you the Dubai authorities would ensure that, you know, nobody upheaved their deserts. Like that wasn't going to happen. And I was incredibly petrified because when I looked up, I realized that this guy had his penis in his hand. I was under no illusions as to what his intentions were at this point. And then my Brixton kicked in. I literally was incredibly aggressive. I was incredibly hood to let it be known that if this was going to happen today, I was going to go down fighting, like that's where I was at mentally. Like, no matter what happens, I'm going to fuck this guy up as much as I can because if I'm going to die here, I'm going to go out with a bang now. And I'm not even saying that to make this light. That was literally my thought process at the time. In the middle of all this, I realised that even getting out of the car at the spot where we were at was actually dangerous because, as I said, it was early in the morning, there were no cars passing by, I was in a stretch of road that didn't have reception and there was literally no way I'd be able to get home anyway. So I was stuck with this guy who obviously had ill will towards me. Something about my explosive reaction must have made him feel like I probably wasn't worth the hassle or something, I don't know. But he just went, you know, okay, okay, okay. And then just decided to start driving again. And... I can't even tell you how relieved I was to see the car move. I can't tell you how relieved I was that he wasn't one of the rapists who would have taken that as some kind of sick challenge. But instead, I had freaked him out enough to just realize that it wasn't worth it. I was grateful. That even though he was a monster in his own right, he wasn't murderous because if his intention was to kill me, no amount of noise I made or any amount of fuss I pulled would have stopped him from, you know, raping and killing me or killing me and raping me, depending on what he's into, you know, and the realization that had he raped me and attacked me, and left me in the middle of, you know, nowhere, and I was eventually found alive by some miracle, the police would then arrest me, because the medical records would show that i had had penetrative sex, and I wasn't married, and when I tried to tell them the story of the fact that it was actually a taxi driver who assaulted me, I would be asked why I entered a taxi with a male driver instead of one with a female driver. And that is just disgusting and horrendous on any level. But yeah, luckily for me, that didn't happen Um, he drove me to my apartment, luckily my apartment has a concierge so the minute I got there I knew that I was safe I knew that this guy would not know where I lived because even if he came back to my apartment building he wouldn't know which apartment I actually lived in and again my concierge would not allow a stranger to make his way into our building anyway so on that level I felt so much safer But that experience really, really shook me up. And it made me understand just how vulnerable women were to sexual assault, because these men know that in most cases they can get away with it. Which leads me to something I mentioned in the blog about sex workers. Now, I know there's a whole thing going on right now about Young girls going to Dubai to sugar daddies or for sex capades or as escorts or whatever the case may be. And you know, I see the banter around it and I see the LOLs around it, and it's all fair and dandy. But as someone who understands just how little Dubai protects women, I feel fear for them when I hear that this is what young girls are doing. Because there's a reason why your sugar daddy who isn't based in Dubai or isn't from Dubai is asking you to come to Dubai. Because there's a lot of things that these men want to do to you that if they did it to you in other countries and you reported it, they would be arrested. They know that once you step foot in Dubai, they have an incredible upper hand. Like an incredible upper hand. And I know that, you know, we live in a patriarchal world and, you know, men in general are more believed and more taken more seriously than women. Absolutely. But times that by a hundred when we're referring to Dubai. That's what it's like. So when I hear that young girls are going to meet men in Dubai specifically, it actually, I understand why that is. I understand why... This guy has selected Dubai, and the stories I hear on the other side of it further confirm my thoughts, which is a lot of girls who go there for sex work go there under a particular understanding of what they are going there to do. So, for example, they get contacted by somebody and they, you know, agree to. Penetrative sex. And then, when they get there, this guy has brought five friends. Five friends that you did not know were going to be there. Five friends that can be quite abusive and extreme in their sexual desires. But now you are stranded in a country where If you were even to call the police in relation to any of this They would ask you what you were doing there And you would go to jail It's a country where these people could legit kill you And very little will be done about solving your case If anything, it would be highlighted that you came as a sex worker And for that reason, your life to them doesn't mean a lot anyway And this is something I definitely want us to bear in mind when you are hearing your friends or whoever are telling you they're going to do these kind of things, not because there's any sort of, you know, judgment in relation to the sex work itself, but just to understand that the country in which this sex work is taking place does not have the kind of laws that you would want to have when you are undergoing sex work. That's just it. A good example of such a situation would be horror story number two. So there's a girl, let's call her Alice. Alice works and lives in Dubai and has an Emirati boyfriend. Her Emirati boyfriend lives in a particular apartment. So Alice leaves her apartment where she has a housemate and goes over to her Emirati boyfriend's house. Now, bear in mind, as I said earlier, apartments, most apartments in Dubai have concierge downstairs. So in order for you to access these apartments, somebody needs to buzz you up. Somebody needs to come and sign you in. Some kind of security measure needs to occur for you to be in the apartment and you also need to sign in. So somebody has obviously signed Alice into the apartment and Alice has spent the night there. The next morning, Alice ends up Outside the apartment through a window A very tall apartment Through a window The official reports say that Alice Killed herself So Of course Alice's family fly in And they want to know What happened to Alice And they want to know What she was doing in this building in the first place And why she would kill herself At this particular building Apparently Nobody knows why Alice is in the building. The records that would show who Alice was there to visit have mysteriously disappeared. And now the case is closed. Alice was both British and white. And you would think that those two things were a strong combination when it comes to a case like this. But let me tell you, when we're talking about the Middle East, those things mean effort because the only reason we know how at least have a rough idea of who Alice was there visiting is because of her friends and people that know who she was dating and who she was going there to see but even then once the official reports say that you know there's no person of that name living there they do not know why everybody's saying that's the case this person cannot be found and the authorities are not actively trying to find said person, there's really not much anybody can do. And that is the kind of thing that I've, ha- I've heard happen more than once. Another more personal experience occurred while I was actually holidaying in Dubai. I had gone to visit a friend and her cousin had also been staying over. So I offered to show that cousin around because that cousin didn't drive and wanted to learn how to get around by herself. While I lived in Dubai, I didn't take public transport much at all. So my experience with the public transport was quite limited. However, I do know the geography very well and I was okay to take her around. So on this day, I agreed for us to go to Dubai Mall and we get on the metro to Dubai Mall. On our way back, we end up travelling during rush hour, something that I'd never had to do before. So I didn't realise how packed the metro got during rush hour. But as a Londoner, you know, a packed train really isn't news. So we get on the train and, you know, we journey and get out our destination. And this girl looks horrified. And bear in mind I'd been facing her the whole time through the journey and had got no inkling that anything was awry. And then now she looks horrified stepping off. So I'm thinking she's lost something or forgot something. And then when I asked her, she was just like, I never want to do that again. And I was like okay yeah you know I know it's been super packed it's not always like that and then she was like no the man behind me was rubbing his penis on my bum the whole journey and I was mortified because I felt so incredibly responsible for taking it out having her you know in that situation and I immediately turned to her I was like why didn't you tell me And then I felt guilty because I felt like I was blaming her for what had happened, which of course it wasn't her fault. But I just felt like had she told me at the time, I would have, you know, thrown hands. I'm about that life. So I really wanted to be able to defend her. And I was just so mortified that I had had no idea that that's what she was dealing with this whole journey. And I had no idea that these things even happened in Dubai. Like it just wasn't something I knew occurred even after my experiences there, even after everything I do know about the place, that was another aspect of living in Dubai that I had never encountered. She decided that she didn't want to take it further. Again, we know what Dubai is like, so it really wasn't worth it. Ultimately, we probably got asked why we didn't travel in the female carriage, which is something, again, I knew existed, but I thought it was for like push chairs and stuff. I didn't realize it was for creep prevention. And then given that we didn't have our shoulders covered, I'm sure the way we were dressed would be brought into question. So just as a whole, it would have just been a complete waste of time. And we could have potentially encountered charges ourselves for not wearing long sleeve shirts, which in Dubai would be classed as being naked pretty much. I always tell people that although they're not as strict as other Middle Eastern countries when it comes to how you should dress. In situations like that, your outfit will definitely be brought into question. I have Dubai horror stories for days. And a few days after my taxi incident, actually, I remember going to my friend's house in a group girls night type of situation and telling them what had happened and a couple of the other girls had had similar experiences with taxi drivers. One of them even said that a taxi driver ejaculated on her while she was sitting next to him in a taxi. I've had friends have their drinks spiked. One of my friends was followed to her apartment by a stranger. Just absolutely terrifying stuff. And just knowing that there are no laws to protect you can really be incredibly frightening as a woman living there, without family especially. I did want to end this with another horror story. I mentioned Darren Crawford at the beginning of this episode, being the reason why I was spurred on to write the blog post, Dubai the Ugly Side. And that has actually again spurred on this episode on the podcast, Darren is a 23 year old girl who works in Dubai and based on reports she went on a first date with this guy and followed him back to his apartment afterwards innocently enough only to have the police raid his apartment and find marijuana in his apartment. They were both arrested and she was told that as long as they tested her and she pro- tested negative for drugs and alcohol which are illegal in Dubai she would be released according to her family she still hasn't been released because now it's no longer about the drugs it's about the fact that she was in a man's apartment who she isn't married to or related to in any way Darren is a British citizen however both she and the guy she went on a date with could very well face charges for adultery because of the fact that they were found to be alone, even though they weren't related. As I explained earlier, that is prohibited in Dubai. I'm really hoping that Darren is able to somehow come out of this ordeal without any heavy charges or any further negativity. So that concludes my Dubai Horror Stories episode. I hope none of you took this as some kind of Dubai bashing thing because it's really not. As I said, I feel like Dubai is an amazing place. I think everybody should go there at least once in their life. Definitely more as a visitor than as a resident, I would say. But although it's safe in so many other ways, when it comes to sexual assault and harassment and things like that, it definitely isn't. So please take all the precautions you'd normally take in any other city and in any other country, because Dubai is no safer in that respect. If not, it's slightly more dangerous because you could actually be arrested for being in Dubai with your boyfriend, like legit. So it's something you need to be conscious of and be very wary of. Be very wary of men that choose Dubai as a destination to take you to when you don't actually have a relationship with them already. Just be careful because it, nobody wants to be in these situations, you know? That concludes the episode. Please subscribe at notrudehonest.com to read all my blog posts and get notifications when new episodes etc are out and follow me on social media at notrudehonest on everything except for twitter which is at notrude underscore honest. Until next time, take care and be safe.